Hey, Insiders, we're live at the Essence Festival of Culture in New Orleans talking to Dr. Terrence Ferguson and Dr. Bernard Hodges, who you may know from their series Critter Fixers Country Vets. Three seasons are now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to the show, you two. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank Glad you to be so here. Much. Okay, let's start off with your backgrounds. I'd like to hear an introduction from each of you, where you're from, how you got into medicine, and obviously your love of animals. So let's start with you here. All right, I'm Dr. Bernard Hodges. I'm from a little town called Fort Valley, Georgia. I always grew up with a love of aquatics and fish. I thought I would be the first black Jacques Cousteau. You know, I majored in fisheries biology and did some different things and actually traveled the world to Nepal and did some fish work and kind of helped feed a village with uh, carping. I actually just love fish, and I thought that was the way I was going to go, but right as I was graduating, I decided I loved all animals. And so... I ended up becoming a veterinarian, and I'll treat them all. So one of the things you will see me on the show is I I do surgery on fish all the time. I actually take fish out of the water and do surgery. So, you know, I get to live all of my passions. Look at all those adventures you experienced before you even got to what we know you about right now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Dr. Ferguson. Yeah, so I think I'm more of a traditionalist. I've wanted to be a veterinarian since eight years old. Very small town, like you said, two traffic lights and a caution light. You know, we still had dirt roads. But I had a dog that was hit by a car when I was young, about eight years old. And, you know, that time I'm trying to doctor the dog back to health. And the only thing you know is alcohol, maybe some peroxide. And, you know, so I doctored this dog back to health. And after a few days, the dog recovered. And it just lit a fire in me that I wanted to be an animal doctor. And at that point, dog doctor. And I remember my mom said, telling me that, you know, baby, it's called a veterinarian. And at the age of eight years old, she made me learn how to spell veterinarian. So, you can, you know, I was ready to change my profession at an early age. That was a pretty big word. But, you know, I was blessed to continue through in, you know, high school, undergrad, and um, became a veterinarian. So, you know, it was a lifelong dream of mine and made my dream come true. That's beautiful. I love how, yeah, it started so young. You, it was like innate in you almost. You knew you wanted to help animals. So that's really, really cool. So, okay, I understand you two met in college. How do you decide, though? You're college buddies. Then you want to start your own thing together. How does, how does that conversation happen? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I was smart enough to sit by the smart kid in college. So <laughs> we became good friends. And he was uh, on the football team. And, you know, we, you know I'd come watch him play. And we just kind of always conversed. We had the same interest, so I think it's fate. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's who you hook your wagon up to. We didn't have any plans. We never talked about becoming business partners, so that's a beautiful thing, you know, becoming friends before all of this. You know, it just happened, stands that uh, we got out of school, and this guy was like, I want the most amazing partner I can get, and when he chose it, just happened to be me. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Ferguson? you have anything to add to that? So I think the beauty of, of our relationship is that we were friends before we ever knew or decided we were going to be business partners. Like I said, we knew each other in undergrad, and, and it wasn't until, you know, went to veterinary school. Even then, we didn't know we'd work together until we got out, and, you know, we both have like interests, and, hey, we stepped out on faith and started these businesses. And so we hear everyone around us. We're here in the midst of the Essence Festival. What brings you here today? What are you guys going to be doing here, and what are you looking forward to? All right, so, you know, we're going to do a panel. We're going to talk about, you know, the power of, of mentorship. We're going to talk about the show and tell people exactly what we do as veterinarians. Essence Festival is, is celebrating the black cultural excellence, which is really cool. But a lot of time in the African-American community, you know, we grow up loving pets. So when they see us, they ask us questions like, okay, so that's what it's like to be a veterinarian. So we're going to give them the real deal and, and let them know, know what it's like to handle deadly poisonous snakes. 
okay, I had to take a deep breath there, Dr. Hodges. I was like, the real deal, and then you threw in snakes. And then I was like, okay, I'm glad you're the one handling this. <laughs> Dr. Ferguson, what about you? Yeah, definitely. That's why we're here. Like, we're amongst black excellence. And, you know, we're here trying to tell our story, you know, and try to share this field of veterinary medicine with others. Like you say, the black community is probably underrepresented in the animal field, period, not just veterinary medicine. So we want to let them know what we do, who we are, and if that's it's an option you know, for us. It's not something that's so far-fetched they can't do it. And then we try to put programs together to show them exactly how to do it and try to lead and mentor them into this profession. That's amazing. And here we are 20-plus years later, and I understand you have two veterinary hospitals. So, okay, how does it start to grow? How do you start to continue to build as you're seeing the success after the first one? I think <laughs> when we look at it, we were, we were crazy to do it, right? No so we, we we stepped out on faith, and we didn't have anything. I was going to say not much. We had, you know, very little money. We didn't have any credit. We had each other, though, and, and we put a lot of sweat equity in um, starting the first. Now, our first clinic was only like 800 square foot, 40 by 20 building, very small. And when we started, he was my employee, and I was his employee. You know, we always say that we had overqualified employees. So he was an overqualified receptionist, and I was an overqualified, you know, dog washing bather. But, you know, it worked out, and it, it kind of moved quickly, and we did something else that wasn't very small. And I think within three or four months, we started the second clinic. So it worked out for us, but I don't know if I would advise any others to do it. You know, we were just blessed and, and hard workers. You know, we really jumped in there, and we understood what we had to put in to make these things successful and i think we was afraid to fail is what it was so um and that's what drove us to where we are today it's amazing you two really are absolutely outstanding also this fact that you treat over twenty thousand animals a year i mean what can you say about that that's insane oh my gosh it's amazing you know it's one of those things you don't really recognize until you you're in it it's just a controlled chaos is what i would call it you know we have things going on uh someone probably about 48 hours ago he was walking through, I stopped him, I said, hey man, you ever seen this? Because very rarely do we not see some things. And it was a chicken, and if you've seen the, the tabs on a soda can, this chicken somehow got the tab stuck around his tongue. I mean, fortunately the chicken is okay. I cut the tab off, and literally, as I was cutting this tab off, there was a dog going into uh, surgery doing, a, we about to deliver nine puppies via C-section. So, you know, you jump right off a chicken with a tab on it until C-section and you, you just keep going. So, you know, the beautiful thing is you just you just want to take care of the patients as well as clients because, you know, patients don't come in by themselves. They're, there's always somewhere to attach to that leash. So, you know, you get to make both happy. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not going to look at a soda can the same after that story. Oh, my gosh. Like, how does that? It's my first time. I've never seen it. You know, it was, you know, sometimes we see stuff we've never seen. And, you know, I, I looked and I saw something shiny in this chicken's mouth. I'm like, what is that? And it would not come out. And finally, I was like, man, he got a tab through his tongue. But we cut the tab and the chicken's fine. Oh my gosh, though, but that's crazy. It's just like you never know what you're going to see. You never know what you're going to experience. And like you mentioned, you jumped from the chicken to the puppies. Like, it's just so fast. It actually was interesting what you just said, where you have to consider the owners or, you know, whoever's the caretaker of the animal. What do you think is something for other pet lovers or pet owners that they don't know or they don't necessarily understand that you've discovered over the years that is important? I think sometimes, as far as different diseases and that they can get, right? We understand things humans get, but until you have an animal that has it, it's kind of like an eye-opening. For example, um, I had a dog that came in that was urinating a lot and drinking a lot of water, and after doing tests, it was diabetic, you know, having diabetes, and had to get insulin shots just like we, and the owner was like, 
he had diabetes. But he never put together that animals could. So right away, you know, his compassion grew even more for his baby because he understand the disease process. So I think some things like that as far as um, concerning and the fact that we have to do everything. Human medicine, you know, if they come in and you got issue with skin, they send you to the dermatologist. Or if you have a fractured leg, they send you to the orthopedic. Well, we have to do all those things. Now, we are the dermatologist and the orthopedic and the oncologist and the obstetrician and uh, ophthalmologist, whatever it is. That we are all those things. And we can go in the morning and be five or six of those even before lunch. So it, it's a lot. It's amazing as well. I cannot, if you, re- like, I've never even thought about that. Just, yeah, like, we go to different specialists as humans, and that's astounding that you're just, you embody everything to take care of. And, again, the compassion that you must have for these animals. I imagine that you must love animals like maybe do you have your own do you have your own pets yeah so i actually have my diva who is koi she's a french bulldog and she is a true diva and then ghost who's also a french bulldog he kind of lets her hair away but he's an amazing dog too and then we have Vane, who's a big cane corso and then i also have a bearded dragon by the name of drake okay i like the mix that you got going on that's pretty cool yeah so i have um large dog cane corso and a very small dog a miniature schnauzer who is probably 15 16 years old so he's getting a little older now he doesn't hear well but you know he does his thing and unfortunately three months ago we had a shit suitor that we had to because the quality of life we had to put down and, and that was tough on the family and it always is because this human animal bond is real you know and, you, and these animals become members of our family and when they're not there Things are different, you know, just because things become so common. You come home every day, the dog doesn't care, or the cat doesn't care, or the bearded dragon doesn't care what your day was. They're going to greet you the same way every day. And that's something that, that, that we all need, I think, as far as to fulfill our life. So um, when those things are not there, it definitely takes a toll and it, and it, and it alters your life. Mm, it's so true, though, because they're there they're your family it feels like so I think that yeah that's a very special bond and I think it's amazing that you treat animals all day yet you still have such a love for them that you can come home to them like that's really really beautiful I want to ask though I'm a dog lover what do you think is the most common dog name that you've seen or like a funny or just anything like that you that you've heard you know what I was noticing the other day I don't know Bentley is becoming a really common name have you noticed that mm-hmm. it is I'm, I've just noticed that it seems to be the name this year Bentley for, that's a that's a very common dog name. I'm starting to see that a whole lot. I know we don't uh, see as many spots and rovers like no, we did no, back no. in the day. They're they're kind of you know, gone now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, people are getting very creative yeah. with names. But Bentley though. seems to be like one of the more common names. I'm starting to see a lot. I like it. I think I'm gonna have to steal that one now. <laughs> I'm like I'm taking notes right now. I just want to know where are the trends, where are the trends going. Okay, so clearly you've had a lot of experience under your belt. When does the conversation come from National Geographic to start your own show? It's crazy, you know. It's uh, we talk to a lot of kids, and one of the things we we always tell them is if you become good at whatever it is whatever your craft is they will find you and that was a true thing with uh you know this show i mean literally i got a dm and it they asked you know dr hodges do you think you want a show and i did what most people would do i ignored it because i thought this was spam and after a couple contacts and a couple talks i was like well of course you know we the critter fixers so my buddy will be included so i called this guy and I did the same thing he did with them. I ignored him, you know, because he come up with all these ideas and they kind of out there sometimes. So, you know, sometimes I had to let the ideas calm down. But, you know, this was a real deal. So, yeah, so you know I'm always going to be in with my partner. 
I love the power of social media, even in this. It's just, it's crazy how it really can connect and create opportunities in this instance. That's amazing. Okay, so you get your show started. As you mentioned earlier, you're constantly like moving from thing to thing, like different, you know, thing puzzles to solve within an animal. Now you introduce cameras into the environment. How do you adjust to that at the beginning? In the beginning, with the cameras in there, you know, I guess my real surreal moment I'll never forget was getting mic'd up for the first time in our lobby. And, you know, I didn't really even have a clue how what it was like. But I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to wear this thing every day. So what am I going to have to do when I have to go pee? You know? <laughs> so I was like, how to turn this thing on and off? You know? I'm serious. That was my real, like, okay, so this is, this is these people going to be listening and watching me all the time. And really, you just look at it like, this is just what I do. They just follow me around. So and eventually, you just get used to it. I love that story. Dr. Ferguson, what about you? What was your moment? <laughs> well, I think initially... It was different because, you know, we practiced medicine for, at that time, 20 years probably, 19, 20 years, and you know you practice good medicine, but you always think, okay, now the world is watching. Am I doing everything right? What am I doing here? Something shouldn't be here, shouldn't be there. So I think my apprehension initially was to make sure it looks right because what I didn't want is to have a show where they pick out things that are not right and, okay, we, this is drama, we love this. It has to be a really about what we do the character that we have so we can be portrayed in the right. And, and that's exactly what it's been. So it's been great. That's amazing. And it is great. We're three seasons into this. What's the most commonly asked question that you get from fans? I'm sure probably, am I really like I'm on TV? <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most common thing. Like, are you really like that? Like, literally, people are like, do you really act like that? I'm like, I act like this every day if you follow me, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is the most common. They're like, surely you cannot act that way. I was like, uh, yes, it's not for TV. This is maybe this is how why we own TV because this is just how I act. Dr. Hodges, you're like, I'm the real deal. What you see is what you get. What about you, Dr. Ferguson? Well, they always ask me, why does he get me in trouble all the time? <laughs> so it kind of same question. Yeah, <laughs> nah, just joking. But yeah, same thing. What I'm seeing on television is that how you guys are for real. But it only takes two or three minutes of talking to them, and they're like, yeah, that you all are the same guy. What you see on television is real. You know, we try to have fun in the clinic. Of course, we're professionals. We got these challenging cases that we're trying to do. Now, the only thing that I think you can't really see on television, which you probably wouldn't see if you was there, too, some of these cases are tough. And inside our head, sometimes I may look at him, and he'll look at me, and I understand what it looks to me. He know what my meaning we got to figure this thing out, and it's tough, you know. So, and, and that's just a part of veterinary medicine. You know, you have these challenging cases. And just by nature, I think us as veterinarians, we want to be right all the time. We want to be perfectionists. But we know that's not the way the world is made, right? But that's who we are. It, it really can be depressing and because we didn't make it work, no matter what we did. So it can be tough, but I got this guy to lean on. He has me to lean on, and, and we make it work. That's beautiful. I also know that you prioritize mentorship as well. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Because as you mentioned, you're growing up. You're trying to understand, I love animals. What's this profession that I can get into? Your mother enlightens you. But obviously, I can hear from both of you that mentorship is something that you're very passionate about. That's the biggest thing that uh, this Disney platform uh, gives us. You know, we have so many kids that reach out, and we're able to kind of explain to them, their parents, about what exactly it is to be a veterinarian. i tell you one instance. It's just kind of some of these kids don't have a clue, or some of these kids have some dreams. And one of the things that really touched me this week, we got a call from a young lady in California. Her dad was saying how she loved us, and it got her, got her through chemo. So we made a video of, of it. 
and uh, you know she's maybe seven, so she lives in California, and we kind of kept with her with her progress. And then she did an experimental treatment in Georgia, and she was about three hours away. And her dream was always to put her hand and check and see if a cow was pregnant. Now, why was that dream? I don't know. So we were able to get her to come in. She came down to a farm, and we were able to let her put her hand inside of a cow. And you should have saw that smile on her face. So it was really cool. That's beautiful. This mentorship thing is important to both of us. And it's important to me because, like I said earlier, I wanted to become a veterinarian as early as eight years old. But I didn't have that example. You know, I didn't have a a veterinarian that looked like me. You know, when I got to high school, you know, I approached veterinarians. I wanted to shadow, was not able to do that. Didn't see a veterinarian that looked like me. And it wasn't until I was a junior in college that I saw the first black veterinarian. It became a time where I was discouraged and I was going to do another profession. I had worked in fish and wildlife. I had gone to Alaska and Maryland and done these things. So I'm like, okay, I've seen people look like me doing this. Maybe I'll do this. You know, maybe the dream is not what I thought it was at eight years old. I need to shift this way. And it wasn't until I met a young man, um, Dr. Corker, who was a black veterinarian, the first I had ever seen. He didn't have to open his mouth and say anything to me. By me seeing him, it reinvigorated me, relit the fire in my heart to want to become a veterinarian. And I continued that trait to veterinary school. and, And that's why I'm here today. So that's why mentorship is so important for me. I want to be able to give to the kids what I was not able to get. So if they have that dream, I want them to know that it's an option, that they can do it, because I'm doing it. I'm just in awe of you, too. Yeah, thank you guys so much for just all the work that you guys are doing in this community of veterinarians and just inspiring the next generation. Because as you said, it's like the power of representation. And then obviously with your show, like masses and masses of kids and even adults right are going to want to get into this profession it doesn't matter when you hear about it you're inspired to get into it well i've got to say what you do and who you are i adore the two of you you guys are amazing i've just like even throughout this interview i'm like i cannot wait to watch the show okay so are you willing to take on the insider five with us now to talk about your disney fandom okay here we go the first question in the insider five what is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? But it, it wasn't a movie. It was the Mickey Mouse Club. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Classic. Mouse. You're supposed to say Donald Duck. Donald Duck. <laughs> so that, that was my thing. You know, I wanted to be a part of the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. You know, I wouldn't have a little, little the, the hat with the ears. You got one ear up there. <laughs> you just need to add another one. Add another ear. Well, that was my thing. I wanted yeah. to be part of Mickey Mouse. So I used to be singing that thing. Yeah. So <laughs> That's I, great. So for me, and he always teased me, right, for being the stoic one, right? So I think Pinocchio was mine because I think I was scared into not, I was thought my nose was going to grow if I told a, a story when I was young and I was just a little, you know, all right, let's do this thing the right way, right? I don't want to be walking around with a long nose. So, yeah, Pinocchio was it for me. I love it. It's very representative of each of you, though, like the difference in your choices. Though. That's great. Next question. If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? Test track for me all day. Well, I'm riding teacups. I'm just going to put my arms on top of the little teacups, and I'm just going to ride all day long just like this. And spin around just like this. And I'm going to be singing. Yep, let you sing. And we'll probably be the only one on there if you're singing. No one gets one. <laughs> the next question. It's Disney karaoke night. You were kind of getting there, Dr. Hodges. It's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? You're welcome for Mona. And I get it. 
But I ain't gonna get, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna save it. Okay, it's a small word after all, that would be mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my voice probably a little too deep to sing it, but hey, it's all good. Long. Damn. How many is that bad? Can you imagine if I actually opened my mouth? I enjoyed that, Dr. Ferguson. I did. I enjoyed that. I support you. You guys are funny. Okay, next question. You're invited to a Disney themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? T'Challa. I'm going as Pluto. Pluto? Yeah. I like it. This thing in the, in, in the dog animal family, you know, just in case something happened, uh, I can treat myself while I'm out there. Okay. In case okay. I overheat. I got you. I'm, then I'm, I'm your dude. I'm going to come out there and treat oh, you will? Pluto. Give me a little IV and get oh, me no, back no, going. No, no, I'm just going to go ahead and put you down. Oh, no. We're going to relieve you suffering. Hey, please, can we have another number on speed dial and not Dr. Hodges' number? <laughs> but I don't know. T'Challa, that's pretty good, though. He'll come and help you, Pluto. He'll come and help you. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, to close this out on the Insider 5, which Disney character has the best life advice, and what is it? Rafiki. You know what I'm saying? He helps him find his way back to the rock, you know? That was a good one. I'm, I'm Rafiki. You know what I'm saying? Could you see me standing up there with my stick? Just don't fall off. <laughs> you gonna come save? Me? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> you gonna put me? You gonna put me down? I'm not saving you. So I'm going old school, Jiminy Cricket, because he's a very wise dude. You know, he kind of hangs out. He's giving advice. He's saying, you know, telling everybody like life lessons, and he's just smooth and cool and eases into it. That's my guy. I love it. You circled back to one of your favorite Disney memories there, Pinocchio. I see what you did there, Dr. Ferguson. Well, Dr. Hodges, Dr. Ferguson, you two are an absolute joy, the true embodiment of Essence Festival, the power of joy. Thank you so much for joining us today, for telling us about your story. You are inspiring. You are so entertaining and hilarious. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show. Critter Fixers Country Vets is now streaming on Disney+. Plus, So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes. Subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents... And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code CRITTER. The code expires September 6, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.